0: Here we are with another Growing in Grace podcast. Mike Kapler with Joel Brizeke. Thank you for tuning in. I, I did what you did last week. What'd I do? <laughs> I What'd said you? tuning in. <laughs> tuning in. I can't in. believe it. We're two old radio guys. Sorry, you're just going to have to get used to it. Some well, here we things are. just, even in Christ, some
1: things are never going to change. <laughs> That's right. We're stuck in the old, the old man is rising again. <laughs> ah the old man is dead 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 ski as beetlejuice would say (laughs) i I don't
0: know anything about him
1: oh man it's a cult classic (laughs) (laughs) one of my one of my all-time favorite movies beetlejuice oh Um, brother oh man you know, yeah. for for as good as we get along uh, between <laughs> between your taste in music and movies, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know. know how
0: we ever got together.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you ever lived all these years <laughs> with your taste, but you know well, that's it was by the life
0: of Christ. <laughs> I can right, guarantee I you that. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, and that's what it is about. It's about the life of Christ. How's that for a transition? Because Beautiful. we had to die. And here's the thing. I had this mindset when I came to Christ that wasn't right, but um, I had this mindset that I had died to my old lifestyle so that I could have Christ. I had this idea that I had lived a life that wasn't so good. I had done bad things, and now that I had come to Christ, I mean, I knew that it was by grace, but yet, (laughs) but yet, there was that big but there, but yet, So much of it was that I had stopped doing this, 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 and this, and I had started doing a whole series of other things, of of righteous things. And that is how I used to interpret this passage uh, that Paul had written in Philippians 3. Let me just read uh, part of it anyway. Paul said in in Philippians 3.7, he said, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Now, I'm purposely taking this passage out of context to, to show how we've misinterpreted this. What things were gained to me, I have counted loss for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Well, what we focus in on is those first two verses. What things were gained to me, I've counted laws for Christ. I count all things rubbish, or as I think the King James says, dung, so that I may gain Christ. And again, to me, and this is what I really heard preached in the church as well, the things that I counted for loss was my old sinful lifestyle. It was the things that I used to do. I had to give those things up so that I could have Christ. And I do want to say it's not bad that we give up stuff that we used to do that wasn't so good. That's, we're not saying that it's bad that we leave those things behind, but that's not what Paul was talking about here. And this kind of springboards a little bit off of what we were talking about last week about the flesh.
0: Yeah, I find it interesting in your dissertation that you used the phrase big butt and dung <laughs> while talking about the flesh. Hey, I, you know,
1: it's biblical terms, man. Well, except the big butt. Yeah. But. I knew what you meant. So I just wanted to clarify there big for Big however listeners. doesn't sound the same. It just doesn't sound the
0: same. But big however. <laughs> um, I'm looking in Romans 6, I think. Okay, yeah. 6.14. Several programs ago, we kind of started along this thread, and we're still on it a little bit. Well, we're just moving along here but going back a couple of programs we were, we were talking specifically about sin in the flesh and so we're, we're trying to move forward with this but one thing that Paul said in Romans 6.14 and it's almost impossible Joel I know we won't be able to do it now to, to take just one verse out of this, this part of the Bible Romans 6, Romans 7 I mean it all ties in so beautifully but Paul says for sin shall not have dominion over you why? He goes on to say this, For you are not under law, but under grace. So, we've been, first of all, we've been freed from sin because of the blood of Jesus Christ, and that's what we talked about a couple of programs ago, that sin was taken away, it, it was uh, defeated, it was, it was wiped out to be remembered no more. Our sin's remembered no more under the new covenant, God told uh, Jeremiah, and then uh, the writer of Hebrews uh, repeated it. So, with that in mind, the law... As we look in Romans seven, I'm jumping ahead here. I didn't think I was going to get there this fast, but I guess it ties into what I just said. Paul said in, in in Romans seven that when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members and in our body to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve not in the new or so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the spirit of the letter, so even though we so we've been freed from sin and all of that what i which I just mentioned, but I, I think there are a lot of people out there who have dealt with much frustration in doing the things they don't want to do and not doing what they wish they would, because they they look to the law. they look to the commandments and and to a, a level of performance to try to minimize sin. when you run to the law and the commandments, it will actually arouse sinful passions and cause sin to increase. Uh, that's why Paul said, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but you are under grace.
1: Yeah, that's right, and, and that so, runs so contrary to what so many of us think. You know, going right along with this was what Paul wrote in Philippians 3 prior to the, the little part that I had just read, you know, because again... What things were gained to me? These I have counted loss for Christ. Uh, I count them as dung, uh, that I may gain Christ. And Paul wasn't talking about his old sinful lifestyle that he gave up so that he could have Christ. What he was talking about was Paul had to give up his really, really good righteous lifestyle, so that he could have Christ. Because under the law, he found that, (laughs) like we were just reading there, Cap. Sin actually increased. You know, here's what Paul had thought previously in chapter 3 of Philippians. He previously thought, he said, this is the reason why I would have confidence in the flesh, because I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. That is what Paul said he had to count as dung so that he could have Christ. He had to give up his, again, his really, really good, righteous lifestyle according to the law so that he could have Christ. Because, as you were pointing out there in Romans 7, he Paul and like you said, there is too much for us to go through in just one podcast there. But what Paul had said, for example, he used coveting. He wouldn't have known what coveting was unless the law had said, "You shall not covet." But when that commandment came, it it brought about all manner of desire of, of coveting in me, and so Paul had to count that as dung and get get it out of his life so that he could have Christ. Uh, yeah, and you
0: know that that always reminds me because I I, I was moving into grace uh, many years ago, Joel, and I've shared this story before, but I, I like it so much because it just it just illustrates it beautifully. When my kids were little, we were playing that memory game with the cards where they have animals on them and you've got them upside down. You're supposed to pick up a card and then you put it back down and you're trying to, you know, there's two of each one. So that, you know, if you have a lion on the card, you you lay it back down. You're playing memory. You're trying to match the two cards. Well, one of my daughters had to go to the bathroom. And so uh, she ran in and then she came back out right away and said, hey, don't look at my cards. (laughs) I watched her sister. (laughs) She didn't think I was looking, but I watched her sister just out of curiosity to see what was going to happen, and sure enough, her hand started to slide over to look at her sister's cards, (laughs) but she would not have thought of looking at those cards had her sister not said, don't look at my cards. The very thing that that she was commanded not to do is what she ended up doing, and that's an, an illustration of kind of what Paul was talking about uh, in several places that we just uh, referred to here in the last few minutes where that the, the law does in, entice sin it, it causes sin to to increase uh, but where sin increases of course grace will increase even more and so you know Paul what you, you were talking I think it was back in Philippians Joel where Paul was was talking about you know not having his own righteousness that comes from the law because here's the problem it, whether it's righteousness that comes from the law or based on our own works or you know, are trying to establish our own right standing before God, it's always going to stink. It, it's going to mm-hmm. be dung. It's, it's, it's like filthy rags to God, whether you're under the old covenant or the new. It's, it's got to be the righteousness of God in us that comes through Christ and, and not anything to do with works. Faith and, and the promise versus the law and works, they are opposites and they do not mix.
1: Yeah, the commandment, Paul says, well, he says, you know, like you were saying, sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire, for apart from the law, sin was dead. You know, as he also had said that, you know, sin was in the world before the law, but sin isn't, you know, isn't counted against us until the law. But until the law came, sin was in the world, but sin was dead apart from the law. Paul says I was once alive without the law but when the commandment came sin revived and I died. So if you want to have a revival in the church, I mean if you want to have a sin revival in the church, just go ahead and preach the law till you're blue in the face. Just keep preaching the law to people and you'll have a revival. It just won't be the type of revival you want. It'll be a sin revival, because when the commandment comes, sin revives, and people die. You know, and I'm talking spiritually speaking here. Just it, it, The whole preaching of the law is what brings sin to the surface. And when the, and Paul goes on, the, com- the commandment, which I thought was to bring life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. And so, you know, again, that's the fruit of preaching law, is a revival of sin. And on the other side of the coin then, on the other side of things, is that we've got, if we want righteousness, the fruit of righteousness, it's all based upon the performance of Jesus Christ and the gift of righteousness that God has freely given us.
0: Yeah, so, you know, the the book of Hebrews tells us that we no longer have a consciousness of sin. Under the old covenant, they still did. They would make those animal sacrifices, and they were just sin was just a heavy burden still upon them. Uh, thanks to the sacrifice of Christ, the one sacrifice of, of Jesus Christ, there is no longer a, a consciousness of sin that we have to be burdened with anymore. So this is, uh, again, once again, another Growing in Grace podcast with with good news that God isn't holding this against you anymore. Forgiveness has been provided for you and me. Past, present, and future sins, they've all been dealt with. And now it's just a matter of uh, living the life that we have in us, uh, with Christ in us, the hope of glory.
1: Daniel Cap, you said something there. Already forgiven of all sins, past, present, and future. They've already been dealt with. They've already been taken care of. So... What about this whole notion about asking God for forgiveness every time we sin? We're going to talk about avoiding that temptation next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org.
0: This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.